Things are getting so bad for Republicans in the House of Representatives with their ongoing impeachment inquiry into President Biden, along with, of course, the investigation into Hunter Biden, that Jim Jordan appears to be panicking that his entire career is crumbling before his very eyes. And CNN was lucky enough to capture this moment on video when reporter Manu Raju was able to catch up with Jim Jordan and ask him about the fact that their star witness has not only been indicted for lying about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden to the FBI, but it was also revealed earlier this week that the information that he received actually came from officials tied to Russian intelligence. Jim Jordan pretends he's unfazed by it, but you can tell from his response that he is absolutely terrified of the implications of this information. So take a look at Manu Raju catching up with Jim Jordan. Here it is. You said the 1023 is the most corroborating piece of information it you have. It corroborates, but it doesn't, it doesn't change those fundamental facts. So now but it's not true. Well, so, okay. So it's, it's the, the FBI told us that this source was so important. So that is one thing that Jim Jordan did actually say just a few weeks ago about that information from the FBI informant who is alleged to have made all of this up, saying that this is what Jordan said. This is the most corroborating evidence we have is that 1023 form referring to the form that the FBI officials filled out while they were interviewing this informant. He said this is coming from a highly credible, confidential human source. And now we know that that is not true. But it really underscores the challenges that Republicans face here in trying to build the case to impeach Joe Biden. So Jim Jordan trying to play it cool. You could tell he's like a little on edge. He doesn't like it at all. He knows how bad it is for him. And then Raju of course explains that you yourself said this was the corroborating evidence. And now we know that this evidence was fake. So you say it backs up your claims, but if the backing up is fake, then wouldn't that mean the claims are fake, right? Like, oh, well, this totally backs up everything we said. Okay, but this is all fake. None of this is true, which means if it backs up what you say, then none of what you say is true either, right? That's that's how that works. And I don't think Jim Jordan quite put those pieces together in his head, but I, I think they're so close. Like, they want to be put together. He is just actively trying to pull them apart so that he doesn't connect the dots mentally. But as you heard in that clip, Jim Jordan said, well, this doesn't, doesn't change the four fundamental facts. So what are those four fundamental facts? Well, prior to the clip I showed you, Jim Jordan did in fact explain those four fundamental facts. The first one is that Hunter Biden was paid a million dollars a year by Burisma. Okay. The second one, Hunter Biden wasn't qualified to be on the board of Burisma. Oh dear. A human being has a job they're not qualified for. If that's a criminal offense, Jim, then you need to lawyer up because if we can start prosecuting people for having jobs, they're not qualified for. I think at this point, 75% of Congress is about to be under criminal investigation. (laughs) Having a job that you were not qualified for, even if you admit you're not qualified for it, which uh, Jordan says Biden did, that's not illegal. I mean, hell, that's like 99% of corporate America at this point. They're not qualified for it. They got it because of their last name or because of their connections. What is the third point here? Oh yeah, third one. Um, They asked Hunter Biden, allegedly, if he could have his dad help. And Hunter Biden did not ask his dad. And his dad did not help. 
So even if Ukraine did make the request, they didn't honor the request. So that's not illegal. Like that's, that's actually the exact opposite. They did the right thing instead of doing the wrong thing. And then of course, his fourth point, he says, was that Biden, you know, withheld the aid for Ukraine, which he actually didn't. The global community was pushing for the uh, removal of Viktor Shokin as the state prosecutor. And by the way, removing him was actually a bad thing for Burisma. So all of Jim Jordan's points are easily debunked. He's freaking out because the only corroborating evidence he had has now been proven to be fake. And Jim Jordan understands that he staked his entire career on this investigation and it's all going down in flames. Donald Trump held a town hall event, they're calling it, even though it wasn't really a town hall event. Uh, But anyway, he did that on uh, uh, Fox News earlier this week with host Laura Ingram, and he made a lot of horrific claims. Um, You know, comparing himself to uh, uh, Navalny in Russia uh, being killed, He said a lot of stupid things like admitting to multiple different crimes during the interview. But there is one thing to me that stuck out more than some of the other claims, even with as horrific as they are. And that was when Donald Trump said that because of all the trials that he's had and the trials that he's facing, he has become, in his own words, I've become an expert at law. I've become an expert at law. Donald Trump says. He then continued, if I didn't run, I wouldn't have any of these lawsuits. You know that none of them, but he's become an expert at law folks. Like Donald Trump has essentially passed the bar at this point because he has so much legal experience, even though he wasn't even in court every day for any of the trials against him. So you weren't even there to learn on the job experience, bud, not to mention the fact that you've lost every single one of them every single one of them. And somehow that makes you an expert. Now this claim was actually so stupid that the Biden campaign took that clip, posted it on social media with the caption, Trump says his 91 felony indictments make him an expert at law. And one user responded to that saying expert at breaking the law which let's be honest, kind of true. But at the same time, here it is. Donald Trump has in fact become an expert. He is an expert at losing. I mean, not just the legal cases either. Donald Trump's whole life, when you really boil it down and look at the fine print, he is a loser. He has been a loser across the board. You know, God knows how many bankruptcies that he's had. All of the businesses that he has launched that have ultimately failed. He didn't win the popular vote in 2016, didn't win the popular vote or the electoral college in 2020. The majority of the people that he endorses for office lose. He is a loser and he's an expert at it. Nobody does it better than him, right? Nobody can lose the way that Donald Trump loses. And the funniest part here is that some of these cases that Donald Trump has had in court they were winnable for him. And I don't want to take anything away from the E. Jean Carroll defamation lawsuit. I, I'm glad she won. I, she deserved to win. But at the same time, that was a very winnable case for Donald Trump. She sued him because he called her a liar. That's it. Like that, that is the most easily 
winnable defamation lawsuit. And that was the first one, by the way, just the first one I'm talking about. He should have and could have won that case, but he's so bad at this. He interferes with his lawyers so much, makes them make these stupid arguments. And then he, of course, keeps running his mouth, which makes things worse. So you could have won it. You should have won it, but you couldn't even do that. So to call yourself an expert at law, you should be studied in law school, but you should be studied all of these cases you've had as case studies in what not to do. There should be courses in law schools around the country just titled Donald Trump and what not to do in court. Uh, Seriously, you could help an entire generation of young lawyers if that course was offered. And they'll just show clips of you. They'll show your posts on social media. They'll tell the students, yeah, don't do this. Don't let your client do this. That's the only expertise that you have is being an example to others on how not to win a case. If you thought Donald Trump had a bad track record of losing in court, then you haven't been paying close enough attention to a guy named Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow. Because as bad as Donald Trump's record is with the court system, Mike Lindell's is equally, if not as worse, as Donald Trump's. This week, Mike Lindell suffered yet another devastating blow when a federal judge ruled that, yes, Mike, you do have to pay the man who proved you wrong $5 million. And that payment is now officially enforceable. So here's what happened in case anybody had forgotten. During one of his cyber symposiums a couple years ago, Mike Lindell launched the Prove Mike Wrong Challenge. And what he did is they put together this packet of data that they allege showed that the Chinese somehow interfered with the 2020 election on behalf of the Democrats. So we had a whole packet. He said, if you accept the challenge, you agree to the terms, you sign your name, we'll give you the packet. And if you can prove that it doesn't say what Mike Lindell says it says, I'll give you $5 million. That was the challenge. You had a man by the name of Robert Ziedman, who's actually a Trump supporter. He is a conservative. So you have a Republican that wanted Trump to win that took on this challenge. It was like, oh, hell yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, I prove Trump won and I don't get $5 million. So, okay, it's a win-win for this guy, right? So he goes through the data. He is, of course, a, 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 uh, what is it? A computer forensics expert. And he goes through it and he reveals, oh, holy crap, Mike Lindell is wrong about all of this. It doesn't prove anything he's saying. So he submits it. He proves Mike wrong. And Mike was like, I'm not going to pay you. So they have to go to court. But Mike Lindell, trying to, you know, cover his ass, put in an arbitration clause in the agreement to accept the challenge. So they're not allowed to go to court. They have to go in front of an arbitration panel. No judge, no jury. A panel of arbiters is going to determine who's right and who's wrong. And that's the end of the story. The arbiters came back and said, nope, Mr. Ziedman is right. You owe him $5 million. Well, Lindell appealed it. And this week it went in front of U.S. District Court Judge John Thunheim. And Mr. Thunheim, Judge Thunheim, excuse me, said, a court's review of an arbitration award is very limited. 
Where parties agree to arbitrate, a court cannot substitute a judicial determination for the arbiter's decision. The court is not at liberty to review the outcome of an arbitration award simply because one party believes it to be incorrect. Retrial of the issues is not within the purview of the court. In other words, you put that arbitration clause in your agreement. You thought it would work to your benefit and you are now the one being screwed by it. And thanks to years of conservative court packing, there ain't a damn thing we can do about an arbitration ruling. And yes, for the record, and this is something we've talked about over at Ring of Fire literally for decades now, the way arbitration works is that arbitration benefits the party that requested arbitration. They typically get to choose the arbiters, uh, especially in corporate America. So it typically goes in their favor. And it costs the defendant a lot more money and they cannot join a class. They cannot join, you know, any kind of mass tort. They have to do it each individually. And that becomes very expensive for these individuals. So the Supreme court actually has upheld a lot of this arbitration stuff, nearly all of it, by the way, over the last couple decades, giving all the power to the arbiters and taking it away from the courts themselves. Because of that conservative court packing that has allowed the arbitration to basically rule the day, Mike Lindell himself is screwed. So he's not only screwed because he's the one who put the arbitration clause in there, but you can thank several decades of court packing by Republicans for Mike Lindell now owing this man $5 million, a sum that Mike Lindell may have a little bit of trouble coming up with considering he's admitted recently, of course, that he is basically financially ruined. So... We'll see what happens, but there is an enforcement mechanism now in place and Lindell has no choice but to pay or face potentially very severe consequences. I have been in progressive media for 20 years now. I have covered heartbreaking stories. I have covered hilarious stories. I have covered important stories. And mostly I have covered some of the dumbest stories that we've ever heard. And I can tell you with almost complete certainty that what I'm about to tell you right now is probably the dumbest story I've ever had to talk about. Because this is the dumbest thing that I have seen in 20 years of progressive media. Here it is. Donald Trump's lawyer. Clifford Robert sent a letter to judge Arthur Inger on this week. And it was a very polite letter, right? Clifford uh, Robert has, has changed his tune. You know, he's not attacking the judge anymore, not accusing him of bias. He's being very nice and sweet to the judge. And he sent the letter and he says, Hey judge, um, well, let me, let me read it. I don't even want to put words in his mouth. I don't want to paraphrase. Let me read you what Mr. Robert put in his letter to Ingeron about the final ruling, the 350 million verdict against his client, Donald Trump. Robert said, because the decision ordinarily entails more complicated relief, the instruction contemplates notice to the opponents so that both parties may either agree on a draft or prepare counter proposals to be settled before the court. Defendants therefore request that the court set a return date for the proposed judgment that affords defendants sufficient time to submit a proposed counter judgment. In other words, even though the final verdict has come down, Donald Trump's lawyer, probably I'm assuming at Donald Trump's request says, let's make him a counter offer. That's not a thing. 
That's not a thing that you do with courts. I don't know what the F this lawyer is even talking about. Like, well, you didn't let us make a counteroffer. You, you don't get to make a counteroffer. This isn't a business transaction. This isn't a deal you're trying to seal. You don't get to go to a judge and be like, all right, all right. You told us we owe $350 million. I hear you. I hear you. That's a big number. Big number. More, more than we want. So what I'm going to do, judge, is uh, I'm going to write a number down on this piece of paper here. This is our counteroffer. You go ahead and tell me what you think of that. That's not a thing. You're not buying a car. This is a legal judgment against your client. You don't get to propose a counteroffer. The judgment has been rendered. The judgment has been submitted. It's done, you idiot. You, you should know that as a lawyer. My God, this is such a bad request from this lawyer that one, I, I think Igoran should sanction him because this lawyer should know better. And if he doesn't know better, then I think disciplinary hearings and a possible disbarment should be in his future. And I'm not making that up either. That's how ridiculous this letter is is let us make a counter offer. Here's the thing. If you wanted to have a counter offer, you can do that, but you cannot do that. Once the final judgment has been submitted, you do it in what's called settlement, which Donald Trump likely had the opportunity to do multiple times, both during the investigation and before the trial started. And even during the trial, that's when you approach the other party and say, okay, listen, obviously this thing's not going great uh, for either side. Let's come up with a number. Let's haggle back and forth. We'll come up with a number. We'll accept that. And we'll just end the trial. Yes, you can do that. And it happens. Hell, I have seen, you know, the lawyers I work with, they've been trying cases for weeks and weeks and weeks. And even while the jury goes into deliberation, they'll come up with a settlement and end it. As long as that final verdict has not been delivered, you can still come up with a settlement, which is where you can make counteroffers. But once the judgment is entered, there is nothing you can do other than appeal it. And this lawyer should know that. I'm not a lawyer and I know that. So this is the dumbest thing I have ever seen one of Trump's lawyers do. And shockingly enough, it didn't come from Alina Haba. I would expect this from her. I never saw it coming from Clifford Robert, though. He may actually be worse than Alina Haba at this point. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.